Blog Talk Radio. broadcast of Spirituality Today. I'm your host, Jamie Sanders, coming to you from beautiful, chilly Pensacola, Florida, and along with my co-host, who's coming to you live from Unity of Music City in Nashville, Tennessee, Reverend Denise Jurgen. On today's broadcast, we're going to be welcoming back the return of the amazing, colorful Coach Carla McClellan, who's going to be giving us some seasonal tips on how to deal with stress and challenges that may arise as we get closer to the holidays and dealing with work schedules, shopping, and, of course, dealing with family. But before we do all of that and bring Carla on the air, we're going to check in with Denise and see how things are going for her in Nashville, Tennessee. What's going on with you, Denise? Well, you know, things are rocking and rolling. Of course, we're getting close to the close to Christmas or the holiday season, whatever it is that people celebrate here. And we are finally, which I am thrilled about, getting a little bit cool weather. We had been even in the 80s through Thanksgiving, which is unusual for us here. And so it's beginning to not just look a lot like the holidays, but it's beginning to feel like it a little bit. And they're even saying the flurry word to us on Thursday or Friday. Now, I doubt, you know, that doesn't mean anything like what Carla would see where she is, but it would probably be more than what you would see where you are, Jamie. So I'm not a big, huge snow person, but I like to have a little bit of white stuff at Christmas time if I can. So that's kind of what's happening with me. What about you? Yeah, doing good. I just got back from a goal-setting retreat weekend at Edwin Gaines' Retreat Center in Valleyhead, Alabama, which was freezing cold, but any excuse to be even in the northern mountains of Alabama makes me happy. So it was uh, really, really kind of fun to set some new goals and be with like-minded cool. people. And so I thought, you know, on today's show what we're talking about it's going to be, you know, I don't know that I got into that with the rest of the listeners, but, you know, after we have Coach Carla give us the tips on how to deal with stress, you know, sometimes we don't, I think we feel a little shame when we say we're stressed out at Christmas because it's supposed to be such a <laughs> spiritual adventure. But, you know, I think Uh-oh. one of the biggest things is family. I mean, yeah. sometimes family can drive us close to the edge when we have to deal with personalities and opinions and and especially after the political um stuff that's been going on but you know i think that when we bring carla on she she really is always very mindful about presenting us ways to to center ourselves and not engage in things that are going to lead us into the chaos and the confusion and so um I, i'm kind of looking forward to those i got my notepad here to take some notes um i don't have so much family dealings with anymore but you know running a church at christmas time it, you know, you would think it would be quiet, but it's one of the busiest times of the year getting ready for Christmas Eve and, and doing all yes, of that. Yes. So I'm excited to have her be on with us today. And then in the rest of the show, Dr. Judy Blackwelder returns. And, of course, as I said in the video I posted earlier on Facebook, Judy is one of our favorite people. She's Denise's partner. She's the music director at Unity of Music City, uh, performer, uh, outstanding 
uh, songwriter. She's known all throughout New Thought for her gifts as a writer and performer. And so she's going to be talking with us um, about how, as spiritual beings, we engage ourselves with our truth principles, which is so important for us to stay centered and balanced in our truth, and to also honor the path that we are on personally and still deal with family and friends who may see things uh, a tad differently than we do. So it's going to be an exciting show. So let's go ahead and bring on Coach Carla. So, Carla, welcome back. I saw the pictures of your driveway with snow in it a few minutes ago. <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, I I love snow this time of the year. Um, uh, but that's about it. It can stop December 31st. <laughs> That things are are um, are cold, but but you know this time of the year is um, filled with all sorts of opportunities to be stressed out, isn't it? Oh, most definitely. You know, when Jamie said something about you know being a minister of a congregation, I know this week particularly, it's like yes. I keep getting a monster amount of texts and people going, I really need to talk to you this week. And I'm thinking, take a number, take a seat, because everybody needs to talk to me this week. So, yes. Yeah, that's what that's what I find out. At this time of the year, Thanksgiving and uh, November and December, just really, really busy. So I thought I'd share with you, um, you know, once a month I'm on a local TV show here in Kansas City called Better Kansas City. And this particular, these tips were, uh, I got lots of positive response on. So often we think of spiritual principles as separate from day-to-day life. Right, you right. Know? Well, I can't, I can't bring that into here. And I am here to shout, laugh, play with spiritual principles in ways that people experience vibrant living. So when I'm on the show, you know, they don't want anything spiritual. And, <laughs> and I said to them, you know, here's the yeah, deal, funny. guys. You don't want anything with meaning or value? And they looked at me, and I said, come on, let's get real here. <laughs> yes. how, how I give my tips is not so important. Who I am as I'm giving my tips, that's really what's important, that right. we be our principles in, in action. So I found, like you, Denise, people are just um, texting, texting, texting. I need an appointment. I need an appointment. Mm-hmm. And You know, thinking Jamie at the church with all the things that they're doing, and I love, Jamie, that you're doing the December 11th service in memory. I just love that we carve out some time to remember, to remember. Um, I I know for me it's a bittersweet time, and so um, I have my own little ritual that I do to remember those who have gone on, and Sometimes I I, um, I inflict it upon other members of the family, but mostly it's my personal time of reconnecting with what really matters in life, the ways we've loved and been loved, the um, the 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 laughs we've all shared together. You know, so much of the time we think that for um, for a tradition. To be successful, it must be perfect, don't we? Oh, yeah. 
those Norman Rockwell moments that I don't yes. think anybody ever has. Yes. But but whoever is in charge <laughs> of creating <laughs> the experience thinks it has to be perfect. Right. You know. So they're generally the most stressed out people you'll meet <laughs> during the holidays. Right. Because they're so busy trying to create perfection for us that they can't be present uh, in the way that we love them for. Do you find that, Jamie, when you go out that, you know, even though you don't have a lot of family, you're expected to act a certain way? Well, and you know, I do, and I think sometimes I, I have to question whether it really is the truth or am I making it up because, like you said, the pressure of, if you know half the tree goes out during a service, you know I, I've passed out because you know I realize I keep affirming to myself I cannot police the universe, but it's true. If someone comes to church and there's no toilet paper in the stall, it's my fault. And <laughs> tell me about it because yeah. you used it I'm all serious. before they got there, right? Yeah, right. Or they take it. You know, the, somebody in a, another group took it and stuck it in their purse. I get. I don't know, but I do get stressed because I I'm one of those. Um, some of my friends say I'm a little anal retentive, but I do think appearance is everything. When you walk into a church, if it's nasty and dirty, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's a, it's a representation. Yes. If you have people in your home for dinner, you know, and a rat runs across the table, oh, I ain't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I behold the Christ in you, but I ain't coming back. <laughs> I behold the no Christ in you and you. the rat, but I'm not coming back, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, one of my favorite questions to ask people is, would it be okay with you? Would it be okay with you if it was easier? And people look at me with this startled expression on on their face and say, what did you just say? I said, would it be okay with you if it was easier? We all know how to list um, all the things that make life harder, don't we? We can rattle off uh, you know, you've got the church, do the lights go out, does the trees, does somebody sing off key, you know, all the, I appreciate you not commenting on my singing as I started on the show, <laughs> both of you, <sighs> but, um, you, you know, we really rapidly list the things that are wrong, that stress us out, that make it harder. So if we just started looking at how could I make it a little easier, well, one thing is to throw out the whole idea of perfection. You know, when all the books that were written about excellence, we should just burn them because let's face it, (laughs) really, I'm telling you, we get these ideas in our mind that it has to look a certain way or it has to be just like this or it's not, quote, unquote, excellent. We can't please everybody in the universe. Have you noticed? Oh, yes. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> and somebody's always going to um, disagree or argue with the way we present something, right? Yes. So how do we bring some ease into um, uh, the holidays when everything's crammed one thing on top of the other for, because, you know, it has to be the best whatever you're celebrating ever this year. My mom always used to set us up for that, and, and I had three brothers, and we would just look at each other and go, oh, here we go again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this has 
be the best year ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so often in New Thought, don't we do that? Well, most definitely. You know, the I know. The best is yet to be. <laughs> yes. Most definitely. Or see what the other Unity Church in town is doing and go, well, shoot, I should have been doing that instead of what I'm going to do. You know, it's just all kinds of stuff like that. So for me, uh, and of course it's easy for me because I'm not anal retentive. (laughs) Perfection is easy for me to throw out because my mother would wash down baseboards every six months. You know, she ironed my father's socks, underwear, sheets. And so I thought, you know, that's not going to be a part of my life because I I just don't see it look like wasting energy. Right. So how we invest our energy, um, uh, our experience reflects back to us. How many times have we had a service and not even really (laughs) – been able to enjoy it because we really weren't there as ministers of churches. You know, we oh, were yeah. so on the agenda. Well, this is this, this is this. Oh my God, she didn't come in at the right time. You know, this is this, this is this. <laughs> it it really makes life a lot harder. Yes. So in our culture, being busy is the way we demonstrate how successful we are. Right. Right. So I'm sitting here in my living room in my comfortable chair looking at the snow falling on the ground. And I'm grateful that I have this experience. But when I first decided to um, to not work full time, it used to it used to make me nervous that I wasn't always doing something. Did I have value? Do I have meaning? If I don't have a family to have um, a celebration with, do I fit in in the world? Do I make a difference in other people's lives? So these are the questions that we begin to ask ourselves so that we bring some ease into life. If we, you know, no matter what, no matter who you are, where you are, and what your situation is, there is a way to be grateful. Right. There, there, There is a way to be grateful. And I have clients tell me, don't tell me that one more time. <laughs> I said, <laughs> well, I get it, but what was the last thing you said you were grateful for? And they can't tell me. Right. So I know they're not practicing gratitude. I think we're addicted definitely. to living life like that. You know, I mean, we're we're so prone to find what isn't, and I'm doing the air quotes, isn't working, and to Mm -hmm. point that out, then it is to stop and go, yeah, but look across the street, look how beautiful that is. And what you said in the beginning, Carla, was the idea of stressing out if things aren't perfect. And I really, I mean, what I heard in my, my own head was, well, what must people be thinking about me if it comes across less than, you know, I don't always want perfect, but I do like organized. And I, you know, I mean, I always say I, first impressions are everything. I mean, I've gone into businesses, I've gone, and I'm just got this place is not organized and cleaned. And so I think it, a lot of it is stuff from childhood that we got programmed. What will people think if the turkey isn't as juicy as Aunt Martha's was at Thanksgiving? You know what I mean? Right. Crazy stuff. Oh, I 
Oh, I totally, totally uh, can relate to that. You know, I've got to have the best turkey, you know, around <laughs> the juiciest, <laughs> the best dressing. So, like, go ahead and take my advice. I'm not. No, I, <laughs> I, I really do try and take uh, practice what I preach. So being grateful is really important. Throwing away the word perfection or uh, excellence. What you do because you do it is already excellent. Mm. Take that in. Because of who you are, what you do is already excellent. You don't have to prove anything to anyone else. You are a living example of God. And God doesn't make junk, right? So who we are and what we are willing to express into every day becomes a way we can make even the smallest tasks more meaningful and bring more joy and fun into our life. So we adults need to lighten up and play more instead of striving for excellence and perfection. I'm not saying I want to do my best, so I don't purposely say, oh, I, you know, I'm going to throw on whatever old thing I want. You all know I love to dress good. Um, <laughs> and my shoes are important. Um, but, but that isn't for me when I throw that into the context of I am representing the living spirit of truth into this day. Um, it takes a whole different meaning on, doesn't it? Most definitely it does. It feels, I, I like that, actually, that affirmation. I was sitting here writing it down. Say that again. I am representing the living spirit of truth into mm. this day. That adds a whole new perspective to whatever you walk into, whether it is a worship service that, you know, I might be leading or a class like I just finished what we call lunch bunch here, which a lot of people bring their lunch and come together and we have a book study we do. We're doing a peace circle tonight. I'm meeting with a couple this afternoon to plan a wedding and it's like, you know, I'm representing the living spirit of truth. Yes. Always. And always. And so your your core values are when you demonstrate your core values what's really really important to you when you take action from that life will always have some ease you know in the flow of of creating something so i might not have said on tv you represent the living spirit of truth but right. what i did say was that that who we appreciate in our life, whoever's sitting around our table or in the room or whatever we're doing, if we appreciate something about each person we see instead of finding the flaw, if we just yes. looked for what we appreciated, life would be easier. We could breathe more. Right. You know, instead of, oh, my God, do you see that woman over there? Well, that's Aunt Martha. <laughs> and she's had of this Martha. And I just know what she's going to say. And I've got to protect myself because 
I know exactly what. So what happens? Aunt Martha shows up according to how you're showing up, and you think it's all about her. Right. Oh. Right. No. When we're in relationship, that's it. We're life is experienced in relationship. So let's look for what we enjoy. We've talked about gratitude. We've talked about throwing out perfection. We're 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 talking about appreciating what you love every day. All right, but let's go back to Martha. <clears throat> We oh, all Martha. have an Aunt Martha. Yeah, like we're going back to the thing we were talking about before we went on the air. Right. Right. So, I mean, if you have being with, it's not always just family. I mean, sometimes there's people who are in our circle <clears throat> that can be a little much. And so how, I mean, you're going to have these people gathering, all these personalities. How can you remain Centered, and you know, you know what Aunt Martha used. You know her game. You know what moves she's right. got. So how do we transmute that energy that we do not let her words or her actions or disruptions affect the calm, peaceful center of my soul? <laughs> well, Jamie, you're not going to like this answer. But I got hey. my finger on the butt. <laughs> Here comes the butt. Here's my great big butt. Um, uh-huh. I tell I tell my clients and I tell everyone that I work with, the sanest person in the conversation is the first to appreciate something about the other. So rather than, oh, my God, looking for the same old, same old stuff that she's spewing from her mouth because, you know, that's the game she plays, I try and throw her off course. By, but you have to do it sincerely. You can't fake it about appreciating something about her um, because everybody that walks the face of the earth wants to be appreciated, wants to be loved, wants to be seen, wants to be heard, wants to know they're making a difference. So in her intense questioning, you know, you can always be grateful that she cares enough to dig into your Deepest, darkest <laughs> part of your body. <laughs> it takes it takes it takes playing with people. We adults take life far too seriously. Right. Far too seriously. If we look at kids, they can be knocked down, drag out, fighting one moment, and up the next, you know, climbing a tree or or playing some some game, you know, they don't take it so seriously. They don't make something it, – it, there seems to be a developmental part in life at which all of a sudden we internalize everything everybody says to us. But if we would just play with each other, life would be a lot more fun. Instead of pointing out what's wrong, what's missing, how you would fix something, like any of us have that kind of control in physical reality. Right. You know, I have found over the years that that is a practice, not just this time of year, but any time of year, because many of us have been trained in schools, in in our homes, in our churches, in lots of ways to look for what's wrong and to fix it. Yes. You know what that I mean? Is, well, that is And the, that the, is part the, of the issue. It's like I see this is the matter with her, and, 
you know, her skirt is up in her britches, and I'm supposed to fix that or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do I do? How do I deal well, with life when I think, I, think I mean, that's that, just a silly example, but it's like I think I've got to take care of whatever this is. Well, because you see a better way, right? Right. You see, right. You see a better way. So what if there was nothing to fix? What if you truly practice the principle? What if right. you recognized in the other their whole perfect and complete, even with their skirt tucked up her butt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Go to the big picture, not the details. Yes. So who of us on this show, Jamie, Denise, me, has no issues? We don't even have enough time on the air for me to even talk about all my issues. So I don't know about Jamie. But <laughs> well, you know, the thing about it is we're, as long as we're breathing in physical form, we're going to have issues. It's part right. of the human experience. So do you want to focus on the issues or are you more interested in the ideas? So my, right. my new focus is, is not emotional intelligence but conversational intelligence because right. there's ways we can connect with each other that brings some grace, some sense of ease. I know as ministers, we want to bring hope into a situation, even if we think it's hopeless, you know? Right, right. Because that's, that's part of the role, to bring the light. The darkness can never overcome the light. So whatever our experiences, whether it's a holiday season or if it's just a difficult person to have a conversation with, we can only control us. We can only choose to respond. We will automatically react because we're human beings, but we don't have to do the familiar pattern. And the more we practice not doing the familiar pattern, the better at it we get. Right. Right. So yep. so oftentimes, like, when it, there's a holiday gathering and you, you both have churches, um, so you're really stressed out. <laughs> Please, everybody, act nice. Yes. Please, yes, behave yourself. <laughs> Do you have your dream team? Because we underestimate the amount of support that's around us. Do you have your dream team? Now, I know, oh, now Jamie, I you do. like... I, 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 yeah. I don't know about Jamie, but I think he does. But I have a group of people who have my back and have, you know, the the mission of what's going to happen today and help to make sure that everything flows. Yes, I do. Yes. Do you trust them? Yes, I do. Then then let go. Mm-hmm. And let whatever the experience is know that it is the best it can be. Right. Or the best that ever was because there was a never a moment like that um, uh, that will ever happen like that again. So the best is always here. Um, But, boy, that puts a lot of pressure on us when we think it has to be the best. What about you, Jamie? I know you're real organized. Well, you know um, what? When you 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 made the comment, you just made that comment about do do they have our backs. And what's so interesting to me, the voice in my head said, half the time you don't even have your own back. 
And I'm like, that kind of jolted me for a second because yeah. what I realized, I mean, that was powerful for me. I mean, I, my chair kind of rattled. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean about where do we set, and, and that could mean anything to anyone listening, having our own back. Right. But, you know, and do we have other people? I know there are people in my circle um, don't don't mess with the people I love. You right. know what I mean? I may I may bump yeah. heads with you over something, but if somebody else came and said to me this, this, and this about so- wait just a minute. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's just right. as important spiritually for me just now when I heard that is to also look where do I have my own back? Where do I set yes. healthy boundaries for myself? And where am I having other people's backs and supportive of other people? So, I, I mean, that was a really powerful thing to ask Denise because it really struck a chord in me. Mm-hmm. So. And, you know, the thing I will say is occasionally I have to, you know, have meetings with my dream team and say, you know, this felt wonky to me and let us all yes. chime in and have a conversation. Um, you know, I hate to even begin to say this online because I hope, not many of my congregants are listening, but we had a woman in our church on Sunday morning who stood up and had a uh, costume malfunction and ended up mooning about a third of the congregation. Yay! Uh, It wasn't on purpose, but it's what happened, okay? Uh It's like you have to know that somebody, (laughs) dear God, that you're not going to have to stop the whole surface, that somebody, dear God's going to take care of something. You know what I mean? And Her so back. somebody did. <laughs> now, yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's a very unusual kind of a situation to happen, you know? But it could mm-hmm. happen to any of us at any point in time. And it's like, okay, but what I do know is we have a leadership meeting on Sunday. And I know that some of that is going to be discussed because it upset people on different levels as to the way they thought it should have been handled. Does that make sense? Right. It certainly Personally, does. Personally, I'm just glad somebody covered something up. That's, I didn't really care how that happened. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, here's what I'm talking about, Denise and Jamie. Yes. Here's what I'm talking about is – when we're trying to fix something or right. or make something run more smoothly, we right. are, we're in the realm of of thoughts and feelings and sure. beliefs, and we're making stories up anyway. Yes, you know what yes. I'm saying. Yes, we are. So, but when we're in the um, don't faint in the in the ontological field, which is yes. our unity field. It doesn't matter. You know, right. it's not a big deal. Whatever, the person needs to be treated with dignity and respect. Sure. Mm-hmm. Just the way there's a, there, you know, um, what we receive is what we give out. You know, there is this law of mind action. So if we mm-hmm. catch ourselves with, um, there are things to correct but it doesn't necessarily mean we're fixing something that's bad. Right. Yes. Was I clear with that? Yes, you were. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think you were. So l- let's give one one um, overall for people listening. Uh, it's approaching fast. We still have shopping to do. We still have to plan uh, They're trying to gatherings. They're up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, n- never, never, never. What would you say the number one thing to do 
right now listening in to this broadcast, or even if we're listening later this evening at the archived show, what would be the first step towards centering ourselves to get through the holiday season with joy and enthusiasm? Okay, number one, throw away your expectations. Throw them away. You can have a vision, but you've got to be non-attached to it. Expectations create disappointment, resentment, and stress. Number one cause of, of stress is expecting a different turnout than what you got. All right, and also Number before we, you go, give people um, your contact information so if they're interested in private coaching, they can contact you. Um, easiest way to reach me is Carla, C-A-R-L-A, at lifecoachcarla.com. I offer complimentary strategy sessions, and I'm here to help you have an easier life until cool. next time thank you guys thank you we Carla. love we you love, Carla. You. love you too go shovel that snow yes of course i will <laughs> <laughs> Bye. always fun Yay. to have her with us she's she's such a blast all right yes, so in this is. in this next hour dr judy blackwelder is going to be joining us and what we're going to be discussing is a mix of how as spiritual beings, which we all are spiritual beings, how we engage ourselves with our truth principles and honor the path that you and I are on, being true to who we are, what we believe, and be able to deal peacefully and calmly with family and friends who may see things a little differently than we do. Um, Dr. Judy um, is just, music is her life. She she writes some of the most phenomenal music. You've, many of you who've listened to the show, you hear us close out just about every show with the music of Dr. Judy Blackwelder. So she's joining us today from Nashville, Tennessee, and we're going to engage with her, hear a few stories about one of the ways that she has found, some of the ways that she has found of staying true to our, who we are as spiritual beings and being able to deal with other people and do it well. So let's Take just a moment and welcome to the show, the, once again, the return of Dr. Judy Blackwater. Judy, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. I've really been enjoying listening about the stories about Aunt Martha. <laughs> we all have one, don't we? <laughs> we do, or, or at least one, if not more. <laughs> well, Judy, one of the but, things that Jamie and I talked about before we went live on air is about, um, you know, there are many different things that many of us, unfortunately or fortunately, get to deal with during the holiday season because of our families, because of our friends, because of situations we're in. And when we first thought about doing this show, I said, you know, how do we deal with um, in this world that this hodgepodge of all different types of cultures and different types of people you know, how do we maneuver through that whole cosmic soup that we've created in the United States and deal with the holiday season and being okay with everyone? And I told Jamie that you had a story or two to tell about being a band director and a music teacher in Metro Schools and how you've maneuvered through the minefields and actually preserved yourself in the process of all of that. So got anything well, to say about any of that? <laughs> I, w I would, and it's sort of a, a follow-up about suggestions to get through the holiday season that you all were discussing. And the number one thing... I think is 
don't be offended. <laughs> you have right. to accept. You have to accept other people's beliefs. We know that. And if you're in a position, as I was for many, many years, if you can incorporate some of the music that goes with other cultures, that goes with other belief systems, if you can do that in performances or allow those people involved to do that, that makes everybody feel better. Um, I don't think I have ever seen it as a choice uh, that I had as to whether to not honor someone else's belief systems. Um, I know that over the years, especially in public education, we've gone from saying we're not having we don't we don't have Christmas concerts anymore. We call them holiday concerts or winter concerts, you know. And I'm fine with that, you know. I know that we all get on Facebook sometimes and see stuff about uh, I refuse to not say Merry Christmas and, you know, well, go ahead and pick a fight if you want to. But, you know, where's it going to get you? <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> this is, if you know, if there was a season of peace and love and acceptance, it's this one to me. And we, we have to honor each other. Um, I I do have, a, I know one funny story that you would appreciate. We, as educators, sometimes we know ahead of time and sometimes we do not. When we have a performance group, we know that in some religions they do not celebrate the, this Christian holiday that we celebrate. And therefore, when you set up programs, when you set up concerts, you may find yourself dealing with kids who cannot participate because they're choosing to, or kids, uh, what I encountered most of the time, especially at middle school age, was kids who really wanted to come and be a part of the concert, but their parents were saying, no, you cannot do this because this goes against our beliefs. I had an amazing colleague, orchestra director friend who passed away just in this past year. And, um, he had a kid that was a super player, and he knew that this kid's background was of a religious nature where they did not celebrate Christmas. So in anticipation of that, he made sure that in his programming, he included several secular songs, not just traditional Christmas carols, but he put a little bit of everything in there. And it came time for the concert. And uh, the the little guy that he was worried about raised his hand and said, I can't be here. I cannot participate and play these songs. And so my friend started to argue with him a little bit, and, and finally he realized that the kid was not going to back down and probably that it was the parents. And uh, the kid said, uh, or my friend said, well, now you know I've programmed some songs that has nothing to do with religion. It's songs you hear on the radio. It's kid songs. And and the little guy said, no, I'm sorry. I just cannot do this. To which my friend replied, well, I can assure you that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer nor Frosty the, the Snowman had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 oh, 
I said, you're going to get fired one of these days just because what you say. <laughs> uh, and that was, that was several years ago. But that's what he had done. He had programmed those tunes thinking that because they were not of a religious nature, that it would be okay for the child to participate, but parents would not. And, you know, at that point in time, like I said, several years ago, it, we were probably still calling them Christmas concerts. I don't remember the exact year. But, you know, that comes up. That comes up. I know one time when I was teaching middle school, I had a young man who was a tuba player. And, you know, dear God, band directors never want the tuba player to not show up. So I did not know this ahead of time. And I I said, okay, everybody be here at such and such time. I was giving them the details of the concert. And he raised his hand and he said, "I, I can't play. Well, he was kind of a shy kid, and when he said that to me, I took that to mean he didn't know his music, that he was not confident about his part. And I said, oh, Desmond, you can play this. I know you can play this. (laughs) So I went off totally in a different direction, you know. And about that time, thank God, the bell rang and saved me. And um, he came by, and he said, my church does not celebrate Christmas. And, of course, then I turned 40 shades of red, I'm quite sure. But, uh, you know, I had to honor that. And I made sure well, let's, let's that talk he about that. that let's talk about that honoring. So the whole thing on yeah. honoring, because I guess, what, yeah. you know, while you're sharing that, I'm thinking to myself, all three of us grew up in some form of churchy energy, right? <clears throat> right. Right. Do you, do you ever recall a time... You know, because, I mean, I was having a flashback of my own, being not because necessarily I believed it, but I was told that's not what we do. Right. And it, it was very judgmental about other. I mean, we were told we were not allowed to go to movies. We were not allowed mm-hmm. to dance. And this was just Baptist church. It wasn't, it wasn't Pentecostal. It wasn't, you weren't allowed to dance. You weren't allowed to get in the water together. That was mixed bathing. And then later you'd see other kids doing these things, and you would say, well, you know, they're not right with the Lord. And. Jesus don't like that, you know, all those things we do. Right. And so I I wonder even, have either one of you seen in ministry where even new thought people tend to, to do that to people who see things differently spiritually and religiously? Well, I definitely have done that, have seen that before because, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting that, we in New Thought many times begin to do our practice, whatever that might be, and we end up believing that we are so enlightened and we try to, I don't know if it's that we try, it's almost like we try to proselytize and get people to understand that, you know, they're being silly about a certain thing. Maybe it's, you know, a child that can't come to a Christmas you know, something because their family does not believe in in that holiday system. You know, it's it's interesting that even those of us in New Thought sometimes will judge someone else mm-hmm. and think, well, that's mm-hmm. just so silly when, as Judy said, we're not honoring their path and what they find important. You know, what what gives them hope in their life 
you know, I've I, I feel like personally I've come a long way in that whole process because growing up Church of Christ, we weren't even able to I mean, my family had a Christmas tree, but there was nothing about Jesus and we sang no Christmas carols or anything during December because the Church of Christ that I went to believed that Jesus probably was not born in December. It was a different time of year, so it was a sin to even pretend that we were a part of any of that. So I grew up very much shielded from, you know, the only time I heard Christmas carols was when I was in elementary school, you know, as as a little bitty child. And so, you know, it was very easy for me when I got into New Thought to go, how silly was that? For whatever reason, again, Miss Blackwelder, I think you came up with a really, really good thing for us to remember is to not be offended by other people and their belief Mm-mm. system because I can't change them. They obviously need to believe that for something. Does that make sense, Jamie, in the question that you asked me? Well, it does, and when, when Judy made that point, I, I thought to myself, you know, when we say not to be offended – and so <clears throat> I always say um, people, and I'm generalizing here, people do not like, the majority of people do not like fanaticism of any kind, whether right, it is right. the Amway salesman, the Avon lady. People yeah. scatter because they can't breathe. And so that's what I say. That I, I don't have any issue with, you know, you go into this church or that church, but when you begin to abuse people around you through shame. You're not living right. right. You're a right. sinner. You're you're this, you're that. Something about that vibration does not feel Christ-like and loving. And so right. I, I agree, not to be offended. You you know, this one may not say the pledge or this one, you know, doesn't celebrate Christmas. But don't make those around you feel that they are less than because they have a different belief. And that's what I say to my right. thought people all the time. Don't make fun of speaking in tongues if you've never experienced it. That's right. Don't, you know, the whole thing of saying I'm a recovering Catholic, I think a lot of that is said in humor. Right. But you bless the journey and you bless, I mean, my my beliefs have changed through the years. I'm sure Judy's has and yours. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get new insight all the time into this whole uh, concept of spirituality and metaphysics. And when you hear right. a verse said that you grew up with and finally you hear it through a different filter, because, you know, not to say that New Thought is is open, because I believe there are many individuals who are in the Baptist church, the Methodist church, whatever, who receive guidance from that spirit within them that they open and they don't necessarily believe that everything is fault-finding and shame and abomination. Right. So, yeah, I do think, right. you know, don't be offended, <clears throat> but don't be abused, I guess is what came out right. of me. Right. Right. And, you know, this well, this holiday season, I, I think the reason it comes up so much during the the time from Thanksgiving to Christmas is because that is the time that we are around our families, we are around a lot of friends, and a lot of times I know Judy and I have many different things that we are a part of in this Nashville area, and everybody does not believe the same thing. And so it's very interesting that during this season of the year when people are having parties and people are all about loving and loving and joy and joy and, 
you know, it's like I I had a an incident recently with a meeting around the Chamber of Commerce, and there was a statement that said, we need to make sure we put Jesus back in the Christmas parade. Well, the first thing I wanted to say is well, Jesus <laughs> didn't want to be in the damn Christmas parade. But, you know, it's like, he, he's what, about, <laughs> what about Buddha? What about, you know, it's like, how do we begin? And, you know, I did say a little something, and then I thought, you know, I'm not going to change these people's beliefs because most of the people sitting in the room really, truly believe that that's what this season is about. And so, you know, it's, again, not being offended, because I could very easily have been, you know, really offended by those people. I'm like, what in the world's the matter with you? You want to put Jesus in the Christmas parade? What are the Muslims in the area going to think when they're standing there? So does that make sense? Does to Yeah, I mean... It does to me. I, it, it's, you know, it's it's as simple to me as the golden rule. I can't expect other people to honor what I believe if I don't reciprocate that. Right. And, you know, and the, I think the other thing I've realized, too, and we probably all do as we get older, I'm, they're not going to change me, so why should I try to change them? Right. Right. And you know what came up for me, Mary? You know, we all have old tapes of what we grew up with, right? So one of mine, right. to this day, makes my skin crawl is when I see someone, and you guys may do it, so it's nothing personal. They <laughs> use Xmas. When I was in the Christian school, that was blasphemy to write Mary Xmas because you're, you're marking out right. Christ. And that old tape plays, and so I just go, I see it even now. It's a new thought minister. I go, right. that's disrespectful. <laughs> that's disrespectful. How interesting. Yeah. 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 Programming. Yeah. Programming. Right. Oh. You know, one of the things that I think helps with some of this to to shift the focus for a minute, you know, we've been studying for probably over half the year a book by Karen Armstrong, The Twelve Steps to a Compassionate Life and Lunch Bunch. And one of the things that we've talked about is knowing really that we're all one, we say that in unity all the time. We're all one, la di da But, you know, we have a hard time even remembering that we're all one in the sanctuary on Sunday morning, much less when we go out into the world. And some of us have began to shift some of our belief systems or some of the things by being of service. And I think this time of year, is a good time of year because people begin to think about that. I know we have two or three projects going on in our church right now to begin to be of service. And we're not, you know, being of service to only people who are like us. We're being of service to people who need something, whether it be get, taking food to Second Harvest Food Bank or we are a pencil partner with an elementary school and making sure that there are a few families that have what they need for Christmas. And, you know, we have a, a family in, in the area who had a house fire and lost everything. And so being of service and we didn't go, okay, what do you believe? Because if you don't believe what we believe, we're not going to help you. And, and we're we not know some groups you. in this area that, that, that right. that's how they operate. That is, right. That's how they operate. Right. So it's like shifting the focus from, 
you know, me trying to see what you believe or don't believe and how can I be of service. You know, as Carla was saying in the beginning, I am representing the living spirit of truth in this moment. And the living spirit of truth would tell me to, you know, be love, to to love other people as I love myself. And so here I'm being of service to you. And I, I, I am not worried about what your belief systems are or anything else. Well, you know what I'm thinking here is like, yeah. I guess I, I'm always asking myself the question, what legacy do you want to leave right. in life? Right. You know what I mean? And so you, yeah, you right. go, do you want to be remembered for being someone, and I don't mean any disrespect, I grew up in this stuff. Do you want to be remembered for being someone who was closed-minded, um, that you were just an absolute pain to be around? Mm-hmm. That you, you couldn't laugh, you couldn't play, you couldn't be joyful because you were so caught up in being right. And so that's when I go, you know, I, I say it often, and I've said it on the show before. My mama always used to say to me, she would say, who asked you what you think? Who asked you what you believe? <laughs> and I would get so angry about that. But now I see the wisdom in that because, yeah. you know, my yeah. opinion, even in New Thought, some of our ministers, some of our lay people who are in right. leadership – have different opinions on what things mean and and how they um, are to be done, but that doesn't mean that I'm wrong or that you're wrong. And so right. I have to, we have to check ourselves and go, am I at peace? I don't have to be right, you know. But I'm not. I always say I'm not going to argue anymore. I mean, someone says, uh, you know, we, we what do you mean? You believe that the second coming of Christ means this? That's what I said. <laughs> right. Could you pass the peace? I'm not going to arm wrestle and fight with people. It's okay that we see it different. Just be mindful to let people be where they are and you let me be where I am. You know, because, I mean, the Course of Miracles says you want to be right or you want to be happy. Right. And the other night at the right. workshop that we were at at Edwin's, one of the um, people said her and her husband do relationship workshops, and she said we always say to couples we're dealing with, do you want to be right or do you want to be in relationship? I thought that oh, was pretty yeah. powerful. That's that very is. powerful because you is. can't be in a relationship and think that you're going to be right all the time. Isn't that right, Miss Blackwelder? That's <laughs> exactly right, Reverend Yogan. <laughs> Reverend. You know, <laughs> what, what I would say about my what you just said, Jamie, what I was thinking when you were saying all that is, and this goes back to the law of attraction, I think the more confident that we become individually in our faith and what we believe, we don't feel the need to defend, and therefore we do not draw unto us people that we get in that defensive mode with. We're more comfortable with them being who they are. I agree. I I guess I never thought of it said quite like that, but I think that is perfect. And... You know, is being centered, do I, you know, the verse in the Bible, I always loved it, don't know where it's at, but when it said, I believe, but help thou my unbelief, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I don't, you know, people say, well, we believe that, you know, you have to, you know, click your heels three times and, and say, Patty LaBelle, <laughs> Patty LaBelle, and somebody else goes, well, I was told it was Johnny Cash, so you're totally off the key to the kingdom, you know what I mean? So it's just to go, hmm, yeah. I never thought of that. Right. And to just surrender it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that 
we've been talking in our peace circles that we've been having, and I know you keep asking me to send you that stuff. I will definitely send you that stuff. But is that if we can come to a meeting with someone with the with the possibility of just being curious, you know, because sometimes I know I have walked into meetings thinking, oh, dear God, you know, and knowing, you know, that I didn't agree with that person at all. But if I can lay that down, not be offended by what they're bringing to the table, and just be curious about it. It doesn't mean that they have to sway me one way or the other, but it's just like I'm going to be curious in this moment and listen to what you have to say. It's just information. Just information. I think part of the deal for some of us is that we are so concerned that somebody else is going to try to sway us and change our mind on some level. And the bottom line is, once I've heard somebody else talk, my mind may be swayed on some level, but that is, that's my own choice after I've heard what they have to say. So. What you think yeah, about I think that, you're right. I mean, it's fear. I think it's fear. It you're, is fear. You're right. That I think sometimes, which is a really good point, that sometimes, like I said, that thing about the unbelief, the unbelief is our right. own baggage. Do I mean, Because there's been times in both worlds, when I was in fundamental world, Baptist, Pentecostal, mm-hmm. and even in New Thought, that that little voice would say, I wonder if this is true. Right. And so I think oh, yeah. sometimes we ponder and arm wrestle you know, when the scriptures talk about wrestling with the, you know, I will not let you go yeah. until you bless me thing, is check it. Right. We check ourselves. People say, God's testing me. No, we test ourselves. We question ourselves and we call it a test. But I think it's being so grounded, you know, I, I know that I know that I know, and do I believe what I say I believe? And being clear right. on that, that's the real challenge. And when, And like you said, Denise, when you're when you're grounded in who you are and what you know as your truth because you've walked through the valley, you don't right. have to argue with another person. No, you don't have to no. argue with anybody. Not at and all. If it, if it causes, if something someone else says causes you to re-examine something you believe, it may just solidify it of, yes, I know what I believe, you know. It doesn't necessarily even have to tear it down. It can can build your faith. Yeah. Do you remember anything that you guys questioned, even lately, that you might have questioned in your spiritual belief that you're willing to share? I'm I'm thinking, Judy, you got something going uh, yeah, on? Yeah, nothing. Of your head. Nothing's coming to me right now. Oh. Well, I will tell you the thing that keeps coming to me at times, and it's the thing that I get pushback from other people about, is, um, and, and I've changed my perspective of it over the years, but you know this thing that people say, God is good all the time, God is all good all the time, or whatever that is, Right. Mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, then does that mean that the things that happen that we don't label good, should we label them good? Or are they bad and are they not of God? I mean, I've had so many conversations across the years about that. And 
you know, at one point in time I have this belief system and I'm still kind of playing with that, that it's all energy and that, you know, some of the energy may be darker than the lighter energy and it's, you know, it's like it's all it's all working together for good and it's all going to be good. But does that make any sense? I know it probably sounds bizarre that a unity person is saying all this, but it's like no, how do you explain that to people? I think that you are called upon, you and Jamie both, to when something happens in the world that the majority of us consider catastrophic or unexplainable and we automatically label it with some sort of negative term, you you guys are the people that everybody's going to turn to to go make this make sense to me. Right. You know. Right. You know, it's Jamie. I mean, I, I bring this up because I know Gatlinburg is close to your heart. But, you know, mm-hmm. I even saw some things out there that, you know, there was a reason why this happened to Gatlinburg because of some of the ways some of the people were living or whatever. And I'm like, all oh, that just makes me sick to my stomach. Oh, please. I so have that. how do you, how have you worked with that whole premise of God the good? You know, we have a principle that, you know, there's one presence and one power in my life, and it's God the good omnipotent. And then what do you do with all this other stuff? Does that make sense? Well, you? it does make sense. And, and there have been times, I mean, I've seen on Sunday mornings or when you're doing a funeral. And, right. and a new thought funeral, yeah. a unity funeral is one of the most um, uplifting people will say, yes. I, I've never gone to a service and left feeling so good. But there right. are family members who are hurting. And to, to say... Right. It's not that you're saying you, you, you're allowed to feel your feelings, but what I know is about, you know, being faith-filled. <clears throat> the scriptures tell us to say it is good and very good, and that's an affirmation, whether they called it that in those days or not. It's right. to affirm, and then, you know, that favorite quote of mine that I always use that Cindy Lippert brought up when she was doing the show with me and about Catherine Ponder being mm-hmm. in the car wreck, and the story is that Catherine, for those of you who are listening, Catherine jumped out of the, the car at the scene of the wreck, and she yelled, I can't wait to see what good comes from this. That, I mean, wow. the day Cindy said that, I had never heard that story. I've never forgotten it. And so right. I thought to myself, can you imagine if we walked through life even, and I mean, I, I'm sure we've all been through moments that brought us to our knees the yeah. death of people we love, yeah. the ending of relationships, the whole mm-hmm. thing, and to be able to say, faith-filled, I can't wait to see what good comes from this. Because really, I do believe that in the body, we see through the body, and it's very right. limited. You know, it says we see through a glass darkly. God, I'm all about the Bible today. What am I, a minister? And, um, <laughs> and so, you know, you realize that we, we're limited in what we see because we're attached and grounded to this vibrational density. But I truly believe there's a much broader vision, <clears throat> and even right. the things that look like the most heinous, horrible things, something good will rise from those ashes. And that's what I said to one of my friends on Facebook who's home burnt in Pitchham Forge. And I said, I know you're hurting, you're entitled to hurt, and and feel your pain, but something good will come from this. And you hold to that truth. And another lady our, our, I met at the retreat, her husband left on Thanksgiving Day. She was she was like a, a zombie. And so wow. I reached over finally and grabbed her arm. 
at our table, and when as soon as I touched her, I started to cry because I felt the energy. And I said, I know you're hurting, but I'm telling yeah. you, you don't give up. You know what I mean? And, and so that's what I'm saying is, that, yes, there is time to say this is good. I'm I'm watching my mother slowly deteriorate, and I'm waiting. You know what I mean? I'm waiting. And I, yes. I keep praying that I handle it with ease and grace and that I will be just fine. And mm-hmm. so that's what I mean. Someone we have to, we can talk about what we believe, but, you know, the old thing about when right. the rubber hits the road. Right. And that's why we surround ourselves, that Carla brought up, about the circle of people who mm-hmm. aren't going to say, you know, necessarily they're there, but cry your eyes out, kick and scream. Right. But, you know, the sun coming in the morning type thing. Yeah, i, yeah. I got to carry on. So, I mean, it, we right. got to call it, we were given dominion, so we get to mm-hmm. name a thing. And if I can name it a tragedy, then a tragedy for the rest of my days is what it will be. Right. So, right. What's your take, Judy? I have a message on my Facebook that there is somebody that has called in. Oh, let me look. See if you see oh, let's it. Let's see. I see it. I do. Let's see. Area code five six one. You're on the air with us. Ah, good afternoon. This is Tara Martin calling in. How are you guys doing? Doing good. We're off. This is one of my peeps, Jamie. <laughs> What's she doing with a five six one area code? That threw me. I, well, I moved from Florida several years back, okay. and I, I I couldn't go through the trauma of changing a phone number again, so <laughs> it stayed with me. <laughs> you know, I saw that one of the things that you said on my Facebook page, Tara, was um, about right fighting. Yes. So I would like yes. for you to say something about that, because I think that's part of what we're talking about here. Well, first of all, I just want to thank all of you guys for doing this podcast because I work from home and it's incredibly um, um, rejuvenating for me to hear voices of people that I know and love uh, during my work week. So first of all, thank you for doing that. Um, and actually, this topic is right on point because if I could have a loaded loaded baked potato of holiday issues, <laughs> I certainly have them this year. So... You know, I'm a newlywed, I have a blended family, and I have extended family that express themselves very, very differently from, from me. And one of my big themes this year is uh, wrestling with the fact that I love people that not only are very different than me, but um, hold values that I struggle to be at peace with. And so I've been really, like, chewing on that a lot this year. And um, one of the things that has come up recently, recently in my in my life is, um, you know, being a newlywed and having a blended family. This is our first Christmas together, and we're figuring out like our holiday norms and how we're going to um, celebrate and how we're going to express this. And you know, my my husband and I are both very much in alignment spiritually, like on core issues. But then I think um, expressions of those issues and like some of the secondary things, I think we're just a little bit different. And so those things have come up this year, you know, as we enter the holiday season. And so, you know, one of the things that I kind of caught myself, you know, feeling a little bit indignant about is, you know, one of the things that he's uncomfortable with as far as holiday expressions versus one of the things that I am comfortable with. And it really was about Santa Claus. And <laughs> and to me, you know, Santa Claus is just like a gingerbread man story. It's not really anything relevant, you know, but 
a few minutes into our discussion, and I, I could feel kind of like some indignation, you know, rising up. Like, why are we talking about Santa Claus? Why is this a big deal? And, um, <laughs> you know, and it, and, and it occurred to me that um, why, am I, why am I right fighting on something that I don't even care about? Like, I really could give two hoots about Santa Claus. But that whole core issue is rooted in a much deeper issue, which is, you know, related to some of my past and how I've interacted with my family and how, how you know, how I interpreted in the past that they were kind of dictating things to me. And so really, it's funny, these topical issues like Santa Claus are, are little things that we debate about in day-to-day life are never about the actual issue. It's about, you know, a, an emotional healing or, or some kind of thing that we have to work through um, in our subconscious. And so... You know, a few minutes into this conversation, it occurred to me, I was like, why in the world am I sitting here right fighting about Santa Claus? And I don't even care about Santa Claus. It was just, it was stupid. And it occurred to me also that, you know, right fighting is really about proving your point that you're right. And it's mm-hmm. very self-seeking. And, you know, one of the fruits, I think the fruits of the spirit, it says, you know, love is not self-seeking. And I really had to kind of check myself about that that I was getting ready to, you know, engage in a debate about something I really don't even care about simply for the purpose of being right. And um, so I really have been, have been pondering that and pondering, you know, is my attachment to the, you know, the holiday expression or is my attachment to the connection to the person that I love? Mm-hmm. And, you know, which do I value more? And so those are things that have really come up for me a lot this holiday, and I'm just really resonating, you know, with all the things you guys have covered today. So. Well, we just really appreciate like you calling thing. in. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, Jamie, you got anything to add to that? Because that's really Well, I mean, the whole – I just wrote it down, right fighting. I, I mean, I'd never thought yeah. of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's really – I mean, the, I always say to people when they'll say, this is what I'm angry about, and they go, that's not what you're angry about. Sometimes that's not what we're fighting about either. We just want to fight to get some sort of uh, nastiness out of us. So that's uh, right fighting to me. What came up for me, and I I loved that, was to be able to question, kind of like Gary Simmons always said in Unity, uh, tell me more. So right right fighting would be what are you really, what is this really about? Because you're not mad that I bought, you know, off-brand ketchup. You know what I mean? You're upset about something else, so why don't we get to the root of it and clear the air? So that's really powerful, so I appreciate that. Well, Well, I'm so glad that you called in because of all the people that I know in the world, it seems like you have quite a few people in your family that don't necessarily all come to the table in agreement about what this holiday season is about. So, you know what I mean? Agreed, we we don't have to be identical, you know, to right. show up as well, and and that's what I'm that's what I'm learning. And it I really also appreciate what you guys are saying about how like new thought people can even struggle with this because you know yeah, we yeah. do get into this idea that oh we're enlightened and none of this applies to me and all of a sudden you get smacked <laughs> in the face by smacked in the face by your own silliness. <laughs> so, you know. And so, well, yes, Sarah, I, we are just uh, so we're so blessed that you called in today, and thank you for sharing thank with you. us. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate You're it. Welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.
that was that was really cool. That that whole right yeah. thing thing. So like, that could be a whole conversation on a Sunday morning message. You know what I mean? To make that yes, a point. It could be. You know, because there's a lot. Of, I mean, you know those people who love to fight, and you go, what? Are, I don't. What is? Where's this coming from? Right. You know. Right. So. Right. Well, it's kind of like, and Judy will tell you, you know, I, we always kind of hold our breath when we go to my mother's house for Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner because we never know what's going to be. And now that my boys are in their early 20s, we never know what silliness they're going to bring up. And, you know, my son, Logan, who is 23 <laughs> and thinks he knows everything about everything, you know, you remember those days, Jamie, when we knew everything, everything. about everything. Every well, last week. you know, he was saying... I don't know what what got the conversation to where he was, but he was saying that he just didn't know why people came to Nashville. There were just too many people moving to Nashville, and and he didn't even know why people would come here on a vacation. It just didn't make any sense to him. Of course, and (laughs) part of me just wanted to slap him. I was like, honey, do you have any idea where you live and what all's going on here? And then, you know, the more that I tried to even talk, you know, he finally turned and looked at me, and he said, I know that you and Miss Judy think, you know, they come here because of the music and maybe come visit your church or whatever, but, you know, I just don't understand why people come here. <laughs> After a while, I realized, you know, it's not going to make any difference one way or the other. You know, I cannot uh, make him understand what I'm saying, and maybe he doesn't need to understand what I'm saying, and I don't really even get what he's saying. And so, again, right well, fighting. You know, yeah, and I used to tell my students, and it would keep them from getting really in pretty serious fights and arguments with other people. You know, Logan is brilliant, but Logan really does not know what he's talking about because he is not in <laughs> the world that we're in as far as knowing about the music industry or anything like that here. And I used to tell my kids, don't do mental warfare with an unarmed person. <laughs> Now, they would have to stop and think about it for a minute, just like you did. (laughs) And that's not not saying somebody's stupid. That's just saying they really don't have the concepts and they really don't have the experience to discuss what they're trying to be right about. Right, right. You know, it's very interesting because just recently up the road from where we are, located is a Nazarene church and sometimes we really you know get off on conversations about what they have on their marquee and before Thanksgiving sometime in October early November they had on their marquee you do not have to attend every argument you are invited to there you go that's it and I was like wow that's cool you know no I don't have to I, I don't have to engage or even because, you know, Jamie, I don't know as a minister um, whether you have had people ever come to your church and want to argue with you yep. as the minister about unity or what mm-hmm. we do believe or don't believe or whatever. And, you know, sometimes it's like I, I don't really even need to be involved in this conversation. I don't know how you deal with that because that has happened for me over the years a few times with people that wanted to come in and wanted to quote a whole lot of scriptures and wanted to, you know, argue. It was like they came for that specific reason. Has that ever happened to you? It it has, and, you know, that brings up a good point, too, about, you know, I, I, 
we've talked about the people who stand on the street corners. I don't know if they do it in Nashville, but we have a, yes, they a, do. a large fundamentalist church here who on the weekends, and especially holiday weekends, especially mm-hmm. like Memorial Day weekend when we have the beaches are all about pride and, you know. Right. So they're sure. on every street corner, and they're screaming into people's right. cars that you're going to hell and you know, and, and sometimes I'll crack the window so I can listen a little bit while I'm waiting for the light to change. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, you know, the first thing is, it's like, you know, how dare you? And then I get this piece that comes over me that says, they truly believe in their heart of hearts that they are uh-huh. doing what Jesus wants them to do. Right. And so then I roll my window up. You know what I mean? Roll your window up. And then mm-hmm. you think, you know, you want to roll the window down a little bit and go, hey, You'd get a lot more attention if you gave out, you know, blue kisses and offered free hugs. <laughs> but that's their journey to take. I don't, I don't want to ever dance in that aisle again. And I grew up in no. it, and I blessed the journey because it taught me so much. And that's why I always am so careful to say when we're on the air, I don't mean disrespect. And right. I could, you know, the the poem we were talking about the other night about um, we read it at our retreat about no other way. I could have come no other way. I had to right. come down this path, and so I bless it. But I, I have no intention of going, turning around, and going back down that path. Right. You know? So about right. being secure in who we are. Right. Right. It's a very interesting world we live in, you know, and I know. For probably, haven't seen him in two or three Sundays, but this church building that we're in used to belong to a, a, a group of Baptists. And the man who was the minister here, this church, the church that they had here had dwindled in size, and they could not support this facility anymore. And so they were selling the facility and going somewhere else. But over the last about three months, I've seen, I saw a few times this gentleman walk in, and I thought, that's an odd, because if somebody comes into our church because we're really lax, if they have on like a suit and a tie and a Bible under their arm, I'm always like, all righty, wonder what that is about. And <laughs> so this man came in like that, and I was like, okay. Well, then one of the ushers told me after the service, said that was the man who used to be the Baptist minister here, and he's coming to see what we're doing. I said, okay, he can see what we're doing, whatever. So then the next time he talked to one of our ushers, and she said he really likes what you're saying because he had gone through the line and met me and told me he really appreciated what I was doing, and he was looking into what metaphysical interpretation was and blah blah But she said he really has a hard time because he found out that your partner is that piano player up there, and he said that's wrong and that they should not be letting a gay woman stand up there and talk, you know. And I was like, okay. Wow. So, you know, it's been interesting. Then he came back a time or two, and he wanted some information. So I gave him a book, The Simple Truth. I'm sure you've seen that many times because it's so easy right. to read. I gave him that, and I gave him some information that we hand out to visitors And he came back one other time. I haven't seen him in about three weeks, but I told him, he said, at some point in time, I really just want to come in and sit and talk to you. And I said, okay. So, you know, I've been trying to practice what what I preach and say, don't be defensive, just be in your truth. 
and just let people ask you questions. But, you know, I, I think that that's part of of ours to be, to do, is to not, you know, I don't want people to be scared of us, that we're, you know, have four heads and three tails and offering up baby children on Sunday morning or whatever they think we're doing in a unity church, so. But, you know, the, the sad thing is, because, I mean, let's let's look at this. I wonder, you know, I have to wonder, does he really, in his truth, with the capital T, believe that you two being partners is wrong right. or is he just spouting off what someone told him that's why i say to right. people what do you believe and they go well my granny said i'm not asking what your granny said <laughs> do you really believe that you get one shot that god right. sends you here you get one shot and if you screw it up you're going to burn forever i said you believe that and they go well yes and i said but you see trees <laughs> Lose, appear to be deader and dead, and then bloom right. again. And so, I mean, that's why I go. I don't believe that. Uh, you know, it's mean, but you believe what you want to believe. But I, I just encourage people to think for yourself. And if you hear something, you know, I've said before when I got into unity and came into this. I mean, the biggest thing that stuck in my crawl was about reincarnation because that Baptist church told me it was an right. abomination to believe such. Sure. And so right. I fought it, and I fought it, and then one day I, I read the James Dillett Freeman book, and mm-hmm. I was so blown away. And that's why I say to this day, I don't doubt it for a minute. No. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I believe right. it um, wholeheartedly, right. but I don't expect, I tell everybody else, if it doesn't work for you, leave it alone. It'll come back around to your spirit. Right, right. Most definitely. You know, I think that what I believe for myself is I know that I have told Judy that I think we were drawn together for such a time as this. And I believe that Nashville is attempting on a big level to be a premier city of peace we are very culturally diverse here in nashville and our mayor has done a lot of what she called real talks which are like the peace circle talks that we're having at our church but they have been on a major scale with many people across the city of nashville and i believe that one of the big issues is going to be gays and how they incorporate themselves into our world or not And I think that probably, you know, that's part of what I'm going to be called to stand up and be is, you know, someone who proclaims to be a minister but who also is in a same-sex relationship. And, you know, for people that are in this city that believe that that is wrong and that I'm going to hell, you know. But what I will also say, Jamie, is that Judy and I have always realized that There are people in Nashville that have, you know, didn't know necessarily that about us because they met us separately at different times, and then all of a sudden when they find out that, they already love us. Then they don't know how to deal with it. Does that make sense? Well, I think that's the thing about breaking the barriers and and shifting people's consciousness. You know, that's the important thing. So one of the questions that I posted um, on the page here was, 
earlier was how do you deal with family and friends who have different spiritual beliefs? So right. Renee Adcock, who's called in before, she, you know, she's one of our buddies. She says, well, yes. in my family, just let them believe what they want. Just let it go. I am a minority in my family, and I would definitely get the change lecture. And then Reverend right. Kelly Isola, who's another buddy of ours, Kelly wrote this, tough question and topic, but a good one. What I have come to learn is that we tend to disagree at the level of content rather than at the level of values. What I mean is that we may disagree about who Jesus is or our beliefs around Jesus, but when we go deeper than the content, we find that we both value sacredness. We both value commitment, compassion, or whatever, and most important to you about what Jesus means to the person. Well, I value all those things too, but how I express those values looks very different. So I may not agree with the content, meaning the belief about Jesus, but the values, passion, and what we hold dear underneath the content is not all um, that dissimilar. So, I mean, I think that's a really good point. I mean, which I think, was it you or Carla that made the point about the values of it? And um, uh, it, I think it, both of us, almost at the same time, started saying that. Yes, yes, most definitely. Yeah. So I, I love that it's, idea. It's, uh, and so, go ahead. It's about the personalization factor, and Denise and I have talked about that. And since you know the election and all of that has gone on, and we've heard everything in the world out there, my I, I try to get it down to the lowest common denominator, and and I believe. People are scared of anything that's different from them. You know, I don't think that people who have a personal friendship, who are personally acquainted with gay people or black people or green people or whatever, it, they don't have that fight in them. They don't have that, I need to tell you you're wrong, because they know the heart of that person, and that's what it's about. And when you know the heart, then all of the differences go away. But too many people right. don't have those relationships, so they can't get past that. You know, and I think I said it, you know, just a few minutes ago, and you brought it up again, the idea of for us to question ourselves, I would personally, not speaking for everybody else, but I would be um, mortified if I was showing up in the world being so narrow-minded and judgmental mm -hmm. that I, I mean, that, that's not what I, I don't believe for a minute that's what I came here to do and be. And so that's what I'm saying to the listeners. I mean, we're getting ready to close here because we want to close with some of Judy's music. But it's the idea of how am I showing up? I mean, we, we'll talk about, we're like we were laughing about Aunt Martha, and it, it isn't so much what Aunt Martha's doing, it's what you and I are doing and how we can either react or respond. React means we, mm -hmm. we uh, get the fly swatter and we hit Aunt Martha on the porch. Or we respond <laughs> in a way, I got that visual, I loved it. We respond in a way that is, you know, sometimes it even means saying to Aunt Martha, now that's enough, go sit down now before I get my right, fly right. swatter Right. But it's about how you and I are doing what we do. And so I think that's what we've all come here to do is let other people be who they are. You don't have to dance with them. You don't even have to go to their house and eat their food. But you, we talk about beholding the Christ in one another. I mean, I know people in New Thought that I don't want to go to lunch with. You guys agree? Right. Oh, no, absolutely. I know, <laughs> I know that there are people that I – 
that I also adore and I can't wait to spend time with. So it really is about us checking ourselves all the time. Are we doing our inner work? Are we doing our forgiveness and purging any kind of shadow stuff that's inside of us? So, Denise, got any closing comment? You know, I am still chewing on that thing that Carla shared at the beginning because I think that that affirmation, I am representing the living spirit of truth. And so no matter what I'm doing, if I remember that I am, as I would say, the expression of the Christ in this moment, the expression of God, you know, when I remember that, it makes me pause for a moment and go, do I really want to say this? Do I really want to do this? What is it that I really want to do when I remember who I really am? Because I think when I react differently, I have forgotten who I was. Does that Absolutely. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So we just want to say, Judy, it, I mean, I'm, I'd be happy to have you be a recurring person on this show. We have so much fun with you, and yes, Denise gets to live with you. <laughs> well, so you. I, you know what I mean? You're just you keep it. You keep us laughing, and you keep us on track. And so I just I thank you. We do want to close the show though with your song, uh, "Messengers of Love." So we're not going to be able to get it all in. So folks, this is the music of Dr. Judy Blackwelder. Until next time, be good to yourself, be good to others, and keep spreading the light. Turn the speakers up, lean back, and listen to the music. Goodbye. Oh,